Welcome to the Empower Now podcast. It's your host, Reggie White. I am pleased to announce I got two awesome guests on the line with me from back in my high school days as I was growing up in Prince George's County, um, Maryland, for those who's not familiar. Um, this is season two, episode nine, and our topic today is making the change. Um, this is something you definitely want to tap in, hopefully the entire episode. I promise you, you're not going to regret it. I think all of us can relate to what me, Faye, and Kira will be talking about. Um, before I go any further, I'm going to start us off with a prayer, and then we'll dive into our topic. Um, if you're driving, please focus on getting to your destination safe. It's not worth the risk. Um, you can pray in a grand with us rather than trying to close your eyes and drive. We want you to get home safe or where you're going safely. So with that, for those that can bow, bow with me. Lord, I am so grateful for you being able to reconnect and to be able to tap me in with um, friends all across my life as I've been talking through this podcast. Father, I pray that you can be able to just be in the midst and help to um, edify everything that's said. And if there's any like spirit of distraction or confusion or fear or whatever it may be, Father, I pray that you can remove it in the midst and that we can be obedient to what you tell us to say. I thank you for what you're doing. I thank you for the momentum that's building. And I pray that we can be able to just run and press towards the mark for the call that you have on our life. You name I pray. Amen. Hello. All right. So I got, like I said, two great friends of mine online, Kira and Faye. I'm going to let them introduce themselves, talk a little bit about themselves. They might even tell you how they met me if they want. And then we will start talking about making the change. Sounds good. Uh, I guess I can go first. Um, hi, everyone. My name is Faye Quadri. I am an architectural and interior designer based in the D.C. metro area. We've known Reggie since middle school, and I think I do not remember how exactly we met. I think either. Were you a part of Gentleman's Club? Yeah, that's right. You got a great okay, name, Faye. So it was either that or I met you a friend of a friend but either way um we've been tight since then and the conversations that we always had about life and faith carried us into college and beyond and it's amazing seeing how all of our lives have evolved since then but we're still able to keep our core together um but yeah i'm very excited for this discussion today and kira would you like to go next sure hi everyone i'm kira mccall I'm a copywriter based in the New Jersey, New York area, originally, like they were saying, from PG County. I have known Reggie since middle school, like they were saying. I played sports, softball, so we started around a baseball team, and, you know, things just connected like that. And it's been such an honor to keep close friends, you know, from when you're younger to adulthood, just talking, even if it's checking in on each other. And it's also nice to just have those relationships where even if you don't talk to somebody for a while, nobody's offended. It's always nice to come back and reconnect and it's like nothing ever like stops. So really excited to chat today and, you know, maybe uncover some gems here that even I don't recognize. 100%, 100%. I, I love it. And I love what uh, Kara just said a moment ago because, I mean, that's really how it should be. It shouldn't be like folks feeling like you got to pressure things because life does happen. But I think being able to know when somebody generally is for you and knowing when you pick up that phone that they're going to answer or knowing that they'll be there, that's huge. And I definitely can tell you that both of these individuals on the line are those type of people. Um, let me throw this first question out there for both of you all. Um, like we were talking uh, for you, you all that's listening, we were talking beforehand before we started recording, talking about like, man, we just never would have known what we're doing today is be what we would be doing. 
And what I want to start first with is kind of going back in time. So let's go back to our middle school days and we'll walk them through this journey, right? Like when you think about your 12, 13 year old self, and when you think about that big question, what do you want to be when you grow up? What was the answer to that question back then? I don't think I ever had a concrete answer. It was always something that you'd see in like TV, like, oh, you'll probably be like a lawyer. I was like, I don't like arguing with people, but I can, I like reading, but I couldn't ever find like a, a field that fit with all the creative avenues that I was like solely invested in until high school and took that drafting class with Mr. Lester. And I was like, oh, okay. All of my creative like niches fit into this one uh, program and this career choice and I think for me I kind of felt a type of way because I did not know what I wanted to do for more later than a lot of my other peers and that bothered me a little bit but when I think if we start bringing the faith into it like when you're just praying like hey God I know you got me I know I have all these skills and talents and I know it's going to be used for your glory but I have no clue what I'm doing right now so if you can just like nudge me into the right direction you know drop a little gem or two um, that'd be helpful but thinking at 12 and 13 I think it's wild that they even tell kids to try to chart the course of their lives that young when we're still experiencing life and figuring out how to think for ourselves and form our opinions about the world mm-hmm. um, but thankfully um, I was able to find alignment in the skills that I had and thankfully I'm still in the profession that I studied in high school and college you know yeah uh, because a lot of my peers left the field because of just life and mm-hmm. the expectations that we think of it being and it actually turning out to be the exact opposite right you know but yeah i i did not think that i would end up in the where i am now at 12 or 13 yeah i was very much undecided <laughs> <laughs> oh man i think Thankfully, I came from a very supportive family because even when I was young, I was journaling, writing very bad poetry, writing short stories. Like, like Faye can tell you, I wrote some very much emo stuff where any parent would be like, are you okay? But my mom was just like, express yourself, you know? And I think from when I was younger, I knew I wanted to do something creative because I always loved English class. I always loved reading books. People would be like, you finished that book in two days? I'm like, oh yeah, it was so good, <laughs> you know? And so my my thing was, I knew I wanted to do something in writing, but I hated having people read my stuff, you know? So part of my change in maturing was like, if I want to do this, I have to put my work out there, you know? And so it wasn't until like later in high school where I had a teacher who was like, enter this contest, it's like a poetry thing, and I was like, oh gosh, who got to be my work? And so I entered it, and my work was one of the poems chosen to be in the published, like, Library of Congress student collection. So I was like, oh, okay, it's decent at least, you know? And so then going into college, I was like, well, how can I combine writing, my love of pop culture? And somebody was like, well, look into, like, public relations and media. And so I did end up, you know, majoring in public relations, and then I had an advisor who was like, well, I know you like to write, and while public relations is a little bit more stringent and straight sometimes, if you really want to lean into that creative side of yourself, consider like advertising. And I was like, huh, didn't know that was a career. And so it wasn't until like 
my junior year of college where I took a copywriting class and I was like, I could get paid to come up with ways to describe things, come up with little, I don't know, the way like they do things for like stranger things, like parties and events and the demogorgon on the side of a building, you know, things that you'd never imagine. People get paid to come up with those ideas. And so just those teachers who are like, hey, let me nudge you a little bit. I see you have an interest really helped for me. And I think having a family who was like, okay, she's creative. Keep buying her journals. Like, don't freak out if she writes a very sad poem. You know, talk to her and communicate, but let her be creative. I think all of that in combination helped me where I am now. Like, I didn't think, you know, I was like, oh, I'm going to be a writer. I'm going to write books. I'm going to be in New York. But then, at a, you know, as you mature, you're like, okay, publishing isn't guaranteed. Maybe I'll do that on the side. Well, let me get a set career and then get back to some of that personal writing. And I love that. I love that for both of you all. And Kira and Faye both know how um, I was growing up. I was very much off the wall, very much the type <laughs> of guy that told jokes and was very like playful and I thought transparently for you all on the line I thought I was gonna be a comedian when I was growing up like that was like Reggie was dead set on saying he was gonna be like the next Eddie Murphy when I was like you know growing up in the 90s and 2000s and like thinking back to it now it's so crazy how much has changed but has not changed at the same time when I think about who I am but just to kind of give you guys some perspective like high school and middle school Reggie was just doing his own thing like I was in class and then I was playing games and doing different things and my mind was not focused. And when I think about this episode about making the change, like college was a wake up call for me because I was coasting like middle school, high school, high school. I was a, a baseball player. I, I didn't do you know work like that. I didn't have the focus that I have now. And it was like college happened. It was like this moment where it's like, oh, man, I got to try now. Like I have to study. I have to do different oh, things. So yeah. I remember that first semester in college because I was pursuing an engineering degree. And I remember being like in like, you know, pre-engineering school classes in high school. And as I went to college, it was like this wake up call, like, yeah, you can't coast anymore. So like I had to make a whole change. And I guess for you two, when you think about pursuing, you know, the career that you're at now, like how did that mindset shift happen for you all? When you think about like, again, as we go from middle school to high school, now we're starting to pursue the degree or now we're starting to make things happen. Like how did that switch happen for you? Here, you want to go first? Yeah, sure. I think my switch happened I'll say almost too late. I was a senior. I was applying to jobs. And I was like, oh my goodness. They're talking about portfolios. I don't know what that is. Nobody mentioned that to me. And so there was a lot of time spent my senior year and like very early post-grad having interviews where they're like, well, you don't have enough experience. And I'm like, well, of course I didn't. I'm just fresh out of school. My parents were very much like, go to school. You don't need to try to do all the side jobs and stuff. And, you know, going to school up near Baltimore, it was like, if you didn't have a car, you weren't going to do that internship, you know? So it was like, I don't really have the experience. And so I spent a lot of time right after graduation kind of floundering because the D.C. area, all the PR agencies and stuff were not, not what I was looking for in terms of creativity. If you did something in terms of like an event or PR, it was very much like policy based. And I was like, ooh, this is a little dry, you know? Mm -hmm. So I spent a lot of time kind of like freelancing with small businesses, um, doing social media for churches, kind of like using my creativity that way, you know? Hoping any way I can with those smaller organizations that needed the help, but realistically couldn't 
afford it or didn't know that there were whole firms out there that did things like that. And so it wasn't until uh, I saw something on LinkedIn where somebody was like, oh, we're having this week-long thing in New York for kids interested in advertising. And I was like, I'm probably not as young as some of these people who want to do this, but I'm within the range. Let me just sign up. And so literally I just took a leap, got myself a hotel room (laughs) in Newark, which is a terrible, you know, looking back, I'm like, why did you stay so far away from that? Because it was cheap and affordable. Mm -hmm. And I train into the city every day for a week. And somebody there was like, have you heard of portfolio school? And I was like, oh, no. So it was like, all right, do that. So I did that for two years. And it was like the second I did that, they were like, oh, come do this, come work with us. And I'm like, where were y'all three years ago when I was fresh out and nobody was looking at me, you know? And so like just being out and realizing that what people were looking for wasn't what I had at that moment was almost enough to be like, okay, I'm probably just going to do small business things or have to shift and give up some of that creativity that I want to have. But it was just taking the opportunity and taking a leap and realizing, okay, like, i got to put myself out there. I've got to move away. I've got to do something. And, you know, this year my motto has been nothing changes if you don't make any changes. So, like, that's that's kind of stuck with me. It's like, okay, if I want this to change, I've got to go do something. You know, I can't sit here and just wait. Because you can have the faith, but if you're not doing the work, you know. And it's dead. That's right. That's right, Kira. That's awesome. That's awesome. Oh, man. So I feel like, for me, I've had two major, like, shifts. Uh, Because like Reggie, I pretty much coasted in high school. Like, I feel like with both the transition from middle school to high school, it was like a small coast and it was like a wake up call. Mm -hmm. It's like, oh, you hit like a small little valley and you're like, oh, let me get my stuff together and get back on track. Mm -hmm. So like from middle school to high school, there was a point where I was like, I don't really want to do any of this work. I know stuff already, but I just don't need to prove to y'all that I can do it. But then you're like, oh, no, grades matter. Mm Mm-hmm. Let's get mm-hmm. yourself back together. That's right. <laughs> the transition from high school to college, um, for my specific program, it was more like theoretical based. So it was a lot of like big thinking and I'm more of like an analytical mind. And so there was a huge clash with the program the way the program was taught and how I was actually like uh digesting the information that was sent. So I had I was put on probation like fall semester. Uh, fall semester freshman year and I was just like I don't even think I should be here like God I know like you made a way for me to be here you got me a great scholarship I got early admission and I have all these things set for me but why am I still like this low you know so I was like maybe this is just a fluke it's just I wasn't actually meant to be here and if I had stuck in that mindset I probably would have just like switched to a different profession like a but I was like, no, I'm, I got the reassurance I was supposed to be there. And over the five years of my program, seeing that my upbringing wasn't necessarily like a setback. Although a lot of people and a lot of people in the program saw it that way. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so during that time, it really allowed me to strengthen in my walk and truly not listen to all of the negative voices and all the feedback and all the people being like, oh, like, you're not even going to make that much when you graduate. Like, you have to get your license. And even then, you have to wait till you're 40 to truly be uh, respected in your industry. They don't really look at women. They don't really think women can do anything except admin. And it was just a lot of negative self-talk. 
and there were definitely spots where I was just like, I can get into this negative headspace. I can fall into depression, but no, I'm gonna focus on the people that I know that are like my North Star. Um, after graduating, I think that was the second shift where it was like, okay, I'm here, now what? And I don't think that in my profession that they they teach you how to be a career professional. They teach you how to make a great portfolio and a great like body of work. But if you're applying to all of these different firms and they all see the same amount of work because all the programs do the same type of projects, what makes you stand out? Mm-hmm. And that was another time where you fall into a valley and you're like, ah, I just got to trust in you because you wouldn't take me this far only to abandon me, you know? So after that time, uh, thankfully, I prayed for a firm that did faith-based work. I asked for a firm that I can still grow in my leadership skills and I can still balance both doing the architectural and interior design stuff. I literally listed out word for word what I wanted and I got it in the way, I, in the way that I needed it. Did not think that I was going to get it the way I did, but I'm very grateful that that was the starting point of my career. I don't think I would be as confident in my design ability now if I did not have that as a starting point. It didn't seem like it was much because it was lower. It was a lower salary than what my peers were making in the city. Um, I wasn't around a lot of my friends that graduated and came back home. But I didn't have as much time as my friends, but I had more creative freedom. And I think that was, God knew at the time that was what I needed to build my confidence back up from all those years of negative self-talk, of all those years of not having all the resources given to you as your peers, and really creating the career trajectory that I needed for where I am now. Man, this is awesome to hear, but just to hear out loud. And uh, for the listeners, um, for those that's been following along in the season, we're still in the second half of season two, um, wrapping up very soon in the next episode, season uh to episode 10 but we've been talking about the type passion and purpose series and like when we think about this whole concept of making the change and you heard it from Carrie, even heard it from Faye about how she had the creative freedom where she went even though she didn't have the same you know freedom and flexibility that other peers had uh when you talk about time outside of work sometimes you got to be able to take that that faith to say you know what i'm gonna follow father what you're telling me to do this is what I'm passionate about, but this is also aligned to the call of my life, the purpose that you have for me. And I think that is something we really got to keep in mind. When we think about making changes, it's not just about what you want. That's not what it's about. It's about what is he directly calling you to do? What is your purpose? What is the why, right? Like, why are you here? And what I will definitely tell you all is like, when I think about even my own life, there were like different signs along the way that were like these aha moments for me about, hey, this is what you need to be doing. You know, people, for example, and conversations and different things. It was like, man, like there's more to it than I think, even though I just thought I was just kind of making people laugh, but it was like, nah, like there's something there, like uplifting, encouraging, things like that were just different things that came to light. And it was kind of like a, like, like, oh, it might not be nothing there. And it's like, no, there's something there. And he keeps, he has a way of like nudging us to know what we need and when we need it and who needs what. So I just think it's real powerful. So I love what you two are talking about. You're walking through the journey, right? About how you kind of got to where we are now, even when we think about 2023. Um, talk to me about, you know, those moments when you doubted yourself. Talk to me about what that looked like when you had to pull yourself out. Like, again, when we think about like really coming to be like from a, you know, teenager, young adult, and now this thing called professional, like, again, we didn't know what that meant uh, over a decade ago, but we're learning now. Like, how do you overcome that mindset of doubt? Mm. 
think that's when faith comes in. Because doubt and faith can't operate in the same space. Um, huh. And it's funny because I've been talking about this a lot in conversations I'm having with uh, my teens and my youth group. About how you should give yourself grace for like the humanness and like the human emotions to to manifest but don't allow it to dictate how you move mm, because good. you already know that you've already won because you are god's child mm-hmm. so and it's of course it's easier said than done but it's one of those things where i know that if it's out of my control and there's nothing i can do about it i have to give it to god so and i think that's what helps me move through those seasons of doubt a little bit faster um but yeah and those those times also it allows me to like get more into worship get more into praying and just truly being like okay if i can't do anything about this physically and there's nothing that is in my vicinity that would make the situation better i just have to give it to god and just continue to do the work that like kira was saying because in me sitting around and being sad or me overthinking and getting anxious about something mm. that's just making me sick mm-hmm you know, and God doesn't want that. That's just the enemy just t- distracting you from what your purpose is, you know? Yep. Mm-hmm. And so it's just like, you have to fight. It's a fight. But the good thing is, as you're fighting, it's like a muscle. Faith is a muscle. You get stronger with it. And once you get on that other side, you're like, oh, okay. Cool, cool, cool. I learned these lessons. I now have this arsenal of tools now. That when I'm presented to this problem again, because it will happen again, or something mm-hmm. similar will happen, you already have the tool set and the mindset to move forward faster. Yep. I mean, like Faith was saying, it's definitely a journey and a fight, like especially in the creative field, because I feel like you're a little bit more personal, you're a little bit more precious about your work. Because, like, I presented things and they're just like, this isn't cool. And I'm like, but it's cool to me, you know? <laughs> yeah. So you have those moments where you can definitely get in your feels about things. And I think for me, especially in a field where the number of people of color, in specifics, black people, is what, mm-hmm. 5 to 7%, there's, there can be a lot of doubt, you know? All those times where I wasn't even getting interviews and I was like, oh my goodness, what is going on? It's very much like, God, you brought me here. I'm here for a reason. There's a purpose that I'm here. You've not failed me yet in my life. So I know there's something coming. You put me in this space with maybe these specific people for a reason, you know? And I think there's a lot of times where I check out for moments. I'm like, okay, I can't change anything here. Let me go spend some time with my friends. Let me go watch a show I like. Let me pray a little bit and be in my word, you know? Mm -hmm. And then I come back to it with a different perspective. And sometimes I'm just asking God, I'm like, God, give me divine vision right now. Let me see your point of view on this so I can understand why I'm here, why this is happening the way it's happening, what steps I need to take to be at peace with this moment, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think you, even as you get older, people are like, oh, when you get older, you don't care as much, which isn't always true, you know? There are definitely those moments of doubt or what's the buzzword now, imposter syndrome, where you're like, am I really meant to do this? Yeah. And then somebody, something small will happen where somebody's like, 
oh, that thing you wrote was really great. And you're like, oh, okay. Even if it's just that one person, it's that moment where you're like, all right, that was a small little affirmation, but that could have been something small. God said to just be like nudging you like, hey, you're, you're all right, you know? It's definitely a journey, something you learn. And even as you mature and faith, there are moments where you're like, woo, all right, the hits are coming. Yeah. But God hasn't failed me. So there's never a moment where I'm like, I got throw in the town, you know. Right. Thank the Lord for that. Right. Yeah, so I love what you both were saying. And um, I'm going to read a scripture in a minute here. But, like, really, and I've said this before. I don't remember what episode I said it in. But it's like the battle starts in our mind. That's where, like, spiritual warfare, for the most part, can be happening at. And we have to get to a point where we, like you heard Faith say, like, we got to stand. We got to stand and fight. And we got to be able to protect our mindset. And then when we know we're not in a certain headspace, we got to recognize that. Like you got to find ways like, and I also will say for those that's listening, like take it from me. Like I know I've been transparent in these uh, different episodes. Like if you need help, you got to get help. Like there's nothing wrong with having a therapist. There's nothing wrong with having a counselor. There's nothing wrong with, with seeking help and talking things through because trauma is real. Like I had situations in my life when I think about my son who was born in a pound and was in the NICU and the hospital, and all these different things going on for years. And it's like that trauma like is no joke. And you got to make sure you face into the different things because like everybody doesn't know that sometimes people can have a smile on their face and really be going through. So I just think having that that honesty with yourself, like don't lie to yourself. Like if something's wrong, get get the help. So I'm going to read this scripture because um, I think it's relevant to what we're talking about. And then we'll kind of dive in a little more about mindset. So uh, this is Romans 12 verses one through two. I'm coming from the New King James Version. The subtext says living sacrifices to God. And it says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is good and acceptable and perfect will of God. And I love at the end there where it says what's good, acceptable, and perfect will of God, because that's relevant what we're talking about here. Like we could be going down one path that we think is awesome and the right thing, but it may not be what he wants for us or it may not be the right thing or his perfect will. So um, I want to ask you guys um, on the line here, Faye and Kira, when you think about like not being conformed to the world and transforming and renewing your mind. Like that is a hard thing to do when you think about it. But like, talk to me about what that looks like when you finally get yourself in a place where you feel like you're winning that battle, where you're in the right mindset. Mm, that one's difficult. I think sometimes, especially in today's day and age of social media, you, you want to be connected with people mm-hmm. and when you feel like you're set apart, it almost feels like you're disconnected. But you have to realize, in order to connect with people on a different level in the way God wants you to be, you really have to set yourself apart so you have a different mindset, so you are bringing fresh takes, fresh perspective, and you know God's view on things. Because it's so easy to align yourself with everyone else and realize that you are not doing them any good by coming with the same point of view that the world is bringing them you know Mm -hmm. and I think for me sometimes it's just reminding myself that it's okay not to you know especially in advertising where everybody's trying to reach and sell to everybody you know that might be me setting a hard stop on okay I don't want to work with this particular brand you know and in professional life you're you're surrounded by everybody you know so there are ways you carry yourself differently that people notice and there's just you have to be steadfast and that setting a part of yourself even if it's you know not hanging out with everybody the same way at work you know and being okay with that 
you know? The, the being okay with it, that takes some time, for sure. For sure. I think another thing um, is, like, not compromising in these spaces, too. Mm. Uh, because it seems like, in a, in my, at least in my field, there's a lot of, like, networking. Well, in a lot of fields, there's just a lot of networking that happens. But there's a lot of schmoozing and behind-the-scenes things that can, like, elevate you in your career and get you certain platforms. And one thing that I've constantly reminded myself in this season that God is always going to elevate you in any room that he places you in. Don't, you don't need to rely on man. And that allows me to reframe my mindset as to as long as we show up and do the work, the little places in the rooms that we're meant to be in. And it seems very simplified, because I've just taken that time to like truly just like meditate and be like, I can't allow my integrity to shift because I want a title. That can be taken away at any instant because someone's having a bad day, mm-hmm. you know? It's like, I can't put so much worth in something that the world has created. When my passion and the work that I'm doing is bigger than me. And I think when I think about it that in that sense, it allows me to um, truly focus on the way that I'm presenting and showing love and showing how I present my work. Um, because it is hard. It's hard when you see people that are elevating and they're not, and you don't think that they're doing the same work as you're doing. Um, as yeah, that that felt weird saying, but I think that was right. That was the right language. Um, but knowing that, okay, this may not seem like it's my time or it feels like it should have been my time, but knowing that there is God's will is going to work itself out. Yeah. I I love what you all both saying. I I think it's real. Like it is so easy to be snuffed out by the cares of the world and to be in the world and to try to be and fit in like everybody else. Cause everybody knows what that peer pressure feels like, but it's not worth it in the end because you lose yourself. And I think about when you talk about be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that's like a daily thing. It's every day. Oh, it's yeah. a fight every oh, single yeah. day, right? And then the importance of it is when you finally get to a point where you're in a better headspace and you're finally kind of being clear thinking, you're making the, the, the um, you know the steps to be obedient and all that you do in every area, area of your life, you can understand what he's saying to you. You can hear him. Like It's so crazy to me where I've finally been working through some things and letting some things go. And it's like, man, I feel like I can hear him more clear now in comparison to when I had a lot of noise, a lot of things going on. So I think we got to get to a point where we're moving the noise and the distractions out the way. Because I love what you said too, Faye, a moment ago, like earlier in the uh, episode here. like, And I've heard that too. What the enemy won't can't destroy or who he can't kill or who he can't seem to get to, he's going to just distract or find a way to disrupt because... It's like, man, I can't stumble them there, but I can stumble if I put this attractive thing in front of them or if I do this and do that. So it's like, how do you understand where you are and know what your weakness are too? And then sometimes you gotta be like Joseph, you gotta run. Like if some things are coming your way, you gotta know that you only can fight so long too. So I think that's important as well. I'm gonna uh, talk a little bit about me uh, cause I've been a little, little quieter, but that's intentional. I wanted to make this more about Karen Faye, but just to let the listeners know, um, like making the change, like my whole life has been like just a, a whole dynamic shift. And I think about as I went into undergrad in um, North Carolina A&T for my engineering degree. And then I started working in like supply chain and operations. And then I got into sourcing. And then as I went into sourcing, I was like, oh, I don't know if this is for me. I think it might be time to do something different. And now I've made a whole career switch. I've been in HR for like the last two and a half years. So it's just like when you think about how things can shift, like it's crazy. But the one constant theme in my life has always been people. 
and connections and relationships. And it's just like, I feel like I'm finally in a place where I'm starting to kind of scratch the surface on that. And I still think there's more. And I would just say like, whoever's listening, you don't have to be, you know, in your 20s or your teens to have it all together. That's not what it's about. Sometimes it's about progressing along the way and building those blocks because Again, if I were to tell you when I was 17, 17 year Reggie would be like, what, Reggie's doing this? Reggie leads an intern program? What? No, I wouldn't be doing that. And if I were to probably tell myself from like 21 to now, and he would be like, you're married, he has a son? No. So it's just like, when you think about things, you don't have perspective or can't predict how things are gonna go. So I'm just here to tell you as a testament in my own life too, like, like you don't know what God has for you, but he, has plans and like if I knew what I know now and I'm almost 30 but like when I think about what I know now if I were to tell myself that at like 14 15 you'd be terrified like you got all this going on you're doing this you're doing that and that's what how it works it's not about us having it all the full picture because sometimes we would run we wouldn't be ready or we would try to make an excuse of saying oh I can't I don't I can't qualify for that or I can't do that but we got to move ourselves out the um, out our own way and have the right faith and the right mindset because greater heat is in us than heat is in the world. And I think that's something I'm really starting to understand and see. And Faye, what you said is so real because corporate America will open your eyes to things of like how people move and how life is. And it's really, really tough to not get caught up sometimes. I think it's really important that we we protect our mindsets. And it doesn't even have to be a corporate America. It's just working as a whole. Like people, you know, people can have ends meets and different things and be tempted to do other things and integrity like you said fate is a big deal because it's so easy for folks to think they can close their eyes look the other way and that it can't come back it's really important especially when you think about what you're doing when it impacts lives of someone else i think that's really really important so the, the other question i got and then we can start going around the horn for some final thoughts um i want to ask you all about when you think about um thriving in your like career and the passion, we again this whole series is talking about time, passion, and purpose. Like, what does that look like for you all when you think about passion and purpose in your life right now? Um, for what you're doing, I would love to hear that. So, you want to know how what thriving, what I see as like thriving in my career right now, yep. or like in the future? Both. You you tell me okay. both. Yeah. Huh. So I think for me in this chapter of my life thriving in my career would be would be me being able to step out on my own and do my design stuff on my own um as much as i love the work that i'm doing now i think i'm the pandemic has taught me that i love the autonomy that i have over my time that i had over my time um and just i was able to do a lot more creative work and I got to be more uh, empathetic with my design. And I think sometimes going back to corporate, it's more about, okay, who can, which client has the most money, who can help us with like the end goal faster. And sometimes you lose the compassion for people. And I kind of want to go back into that aspect. Um, but also besides just like financially thriving, I just think in general, creating spaces that give people joy and peace um i think in the future probably being able to give back to prince george's county more like having more scholarships and just seeing more black women in the professions of architecture and interior design absolutely um but i think once i can make enough to give back to my community, I think that's another 
um, milestone for me in terms of how I see myself thriving in my profession. Um, for me, I think, for example, like I'm visiting home, my mom's birthday this week, and I just sat her down yesterday and I was like, oh, here's this thing that I went to Toronto to shoot and I told you about, but you never got to see it. Here's that commercial. Here's that commercial that I was on. She goes, oh, I saw that on TV. <laughs> you know, it's just those little moments of just like my mom going, oh, that's so cool. I saw that. Those are the moments that I really like and they make me feel like I'm thriving. I think also just feeling heard at work, you know, because I'm in a space where everybody's throwing their point of view, their creative ideas in there. And, you know, there are moments where somebody goes, oh, I like that, Kira, let's bring that in, you know? So those are moments where I feel comfortable and heard. And thankfully, I'm at a place where that happens often, you know, where I'm not being brushed aside because I'm, well, now I'm mid-level, praise the Lord, after a promotion this year. But, like, not being brushed aside for some of the more senior people, you know? And I'm in a space where they're giving me opportunities for things, which feels amazing. I also had the opportunity to be a mentor this summer for an up-and-coming writer. And I think that's definitely something I want to do more in the future. Like, there are some side projects that I really want to work on. Like, I'm working on some children's and young adults books to, you know, elevate and get people in the mindset of, like, creative output and writing. And some of those are things I want to get published. Definitely, like, mentoring younger creatives is something I definitely want to look towards. Because, like, in, like, I learned, like, in New York, there are schools specifically for, like, kids who want to do advertising and marketing. In Maryland, like, when you think of media, you think of, like, TV show hosts or things like that. You don't really look at the nitty-gritty of, like, the strategy behind all that stuff. The people who are coming up with the ideas. Some of those are six-figure jobs that creatives and kids who really look at the numbers and the logistics of all that stuff don't really realize could be a career. So they end up in things that are a little bit more unfulfilling for them creatively. So I think if there's a space for me to like mentor and have some sort of organization or just a small little event every now and then, I think that'll be cool. And me, like even something not related to what I'm doing now, like I grew up playing softball and like I've just started playing slow pitch again and you know, I'm like, oh my goodness, my knees. But if there's a way I can give back in this county because like, even my old high school coaches, like, the girls now, they don't play as much in middle school. I have a team of girls who, like, three or four of them play, and a bunch of them don't know what they're doing. So it's basically rebuilding. So if there's time where I can come back and do, like, little clinics and help with things like that, I think that will be cool, too. Something I definitely want to try to get going in the future as well. I love it, man. I love it. And, uh... I struggle with this too. Like I, I've never been the type to make things about me. And I feel like more and more I run away from the spotlight, the more I get pushed into the spotlight. Like especially the last two years, it's been kind of interesting how things have been working out in life. But I just want to empower our next generation. I just want to help others to see who they can be. Cause I know what it feels like when you don't really feel like you are making an impact or doing things, but you know, there's something else in there. I want to help others do that. And I, I'm hoping like in the next like 10, 15 years, like, I can step out and do my thing of trying to either, I don't know if it's going to be a consultant firm. I don't know if it's going to be like a coaching and guy, but I want to help others do that. Especially like the young knuckleheads like me that uh, were just doing their own thing and need somebody kind of to reel them in to show them what they can be. And that's what I want to do. I want to show others because sometimes people don't know who they are and they just need somebody to, to wake them up and show them who they can be. And that was really all of my teenage years. My teenage years until I probably was like 20 years old. Like I had people that saw something in me and helped reel me in and, and coach me and guide me and um, get me on the right track. Because I feel like if I hadn't had people like Ricky and Greg 
I don't know where I'd be. If I hadn't had people in my life that helped me shift away from the wrong crowd, I don't know where Reggie White would be right now, transparently. So, you know, it's things like that that's, I think, huge when I think about my life. So I want to be that for others because people need that. Like, they need that, you know, that guiding light almost to make sure they don't get lost in the darkness. So I got a little emotional there. I feel it. I'm trying to uh, reel myself <laughs> back in. But um, I want to give you guys a chance to do a final thought. I think this has been awesome for like the last 40 plus minutes we've been talking. But like when you think about making the change and your younger self and growing and, and trying to figure this thing called life out. What are your final thoughts for our listeners uh, for this episode? It takes courage to make a change. Um, that's like the first thing you think of, just the courage. That word just keeps like popping up in my head. And you need people to hold you accountable when you are deciding to make this change because it's very easy to backslide. Mm-hmm. And that could just be backsliding into old habits. It doesn't have to always be, oh, I'm turning into sin or things like that. Like in general, it's easy to backslide into old habits. And when you are changing, you're establishing new routines and new traits that you want to ideally become like a normal thing for you. So give yourself grace, find people that will hold you accountable and truly encounter, um, hold you accountable. Um, and just take it one day at a time because change doesn't happen overnight. Mm-hmm. And also give yourself grace if and when you do trip up. Yeah. Okay. I think the word I'm hearing is called out. If you are feeling a, a restlessness, a discomfort, mm-hmm. It could be God and the Holy Spirit calling you out because it's time to move to a different space. And if you're feeling that, pray about it. Look at the patterns in your life. What what kind of things has God bring, bringing you into where you're like, this makes me feel fulfilled, this makes me feel happy, this makes me feel good. What things don't make you feel good? What things do you need to kind of prune and cut away to move forward, you know? So if you're feeling that called out feeling, pray on it. Because there are a lot of times where we sit in areas and you're like, okay, this is cool. And then you start feeling a little restless. And I think those are the moments where God's like, all right, all right, it's it's time. You got to move. So I think those are the moments where you really got to be a little bit bit introspective and be like, all right, God, what are you looking for for me? What am I not doing? What do I need to do? And like I was saying, nothing changes if you don't change. If you want to be somewhere else and you're just sitting, there's no movement there. I would say you can overcome fear. You can overcome how you feel. And you got to stop letting how you feel dictate what you do. That part. Um, yeah. I think, uh, like, even for my own life, sometimes you get so caught up in, oh, this is happening, that's happening. Why is this going wrong? Why is that going wrong? Nothing's going to change. And then you feel this sense of defeat. And I think you can either wallow in that feeling or you can tell yourself, you know what? I'm going to pick myself up. And you know what? It's not my strength. And I've definitely learned this in my life. There's been plenty of moments where I have been very weak, but that was been some of the strongest moments in my life. And I think that is a testament of how his strength is made perfect in our weakness. And I would just say, you got to get out of your feelings. Like, if you want, just like you heard what Kira was saying, what you've been hearing some of us say too, we think about our our own lives. Like, you got to get to a point where you got to know that, like, I got to get out here and go out here and win. I got to get out here and go out here and fight. I got to be about my father's business. And like... I will definitely tell you all too on the line 
like when I became a, a true father and husband, when it comes to terms of knowing that there's other lives aside, like tied to me, there's a different level of motivation. Like I can't fail. I can't, I can't give up because they're counting on me. So, you know, when you have like another purpose tied to it and understanding that other lives are counting on you, you don't even have to be married or um, having a significant other to, to have that mindset. Like you have a family, you got a community, there's different things. So like you got to make it less about you and not get caught up in your feelings. Like there's a battle that needs to be fought and he needs us to go out here and fight because there is so much going on and this world needs so much, Jesus. Like it's, it's not even funny. So that's what I would just end with, um, listeners, with uh, the last thought from me. It was a good one. Awesome. That was a great one. Okay. <laughs> well, look, um, I am so grateful that you two joined me. I'm so glad. That's crazy, Kira. Like it, you definitely were supposed to do this episode, making the change with what you've been saying all throughout. So I appreciate both of you all joining you, Faye, and you, Kira. I really, really appreciate you taking the time to be on this episode with me. Of course. All right. We love you. We appreciate you reaching yeah. out to us as well. Right back at you. I love you guys too. So look, um, listeners, uh, that's that's a wrap for episode nine. We got one last episode that's going to end off this uh, Thai Passion and Purpose series. Um, and we're going to be making a wrap for season two after that. Um, one thing that I'll just end with uh, that I've been saying, I think very much majority of season two, please share these episodes. Like if there's somebody that came to your heart or on your mind while you were listening to this, even if you'd like you fast forward and came to this part and heard what we said, um, I really encourage you to share because sometimes there's a way people can be reached in a different way. And this episode could be that. So I would really encourage you to share this. The last thing I'll say is this. Um, this is a question we've been asking, you know, very much throughout this podcast, Empower Now. Um, ask yourself this question. How can you empower somebody else right here? right now. Until next time, everybody. Thanks again.